Want to know why it's so important for you as a buyer to buy now? Stay tuned. I will give you that answer. Growing up here in the St. Louis area, I learned about hard work from my father who owned a local waste collection company. I loved attending Cardinals and Blues games whenever possible. Now I spend my time helping others move here and build a life for their families. I'm Brian Vogt. Come with me as I show you the best of living the St. Louis Metro East lifestyle. Brian Vogt here, and I am so, so, so excited today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things and it all has to do with lending. And today I have a special guest, Taylor Jenkins. She is of uh, USA Today Mortgage. She's an awesome lender. Uh, she has some great characteristics that I think are very important in any lender. Uh, but one of them is that I love is travel, uh, being a mom, and also health and fitness. And those are all important items. But what drew me to her was is that uh, in a brief time talking with each other was the fact is that, number one, uh, she takes buyers where they're at. Meaning is if you want to crunch numbers, if you want to you know, get the, get, just get the numbers, that's who you are, she can do that. But if you want maybe someone to hold your hand even, to help you through the process, it's going to start you from start to finish. Uh, she's your person. She really is. She's your lender to be able to use. She can do both. Fantastic. Uh, the second reason is, is that she's developed a process, a system, a three-step system that's, that's simple. Uh, there are things that you need to do with it so you can go through the pre-approval process smoothly and with, with little or no effort. Doesn't mean there won't be some work involved, but she can get you through the process. And thirdly, thirdly, um, she is she's she goes for her clients and what i mean by that she's always trying to support her clients and that's actually how we kind of connected was is that she was doing some information found some information that could affect her clients uh looking to buy a home and and i think that's really really says uh volumes about her and her dedication to her clients with that said let me introduce you taylor jenkins how are you doing taylor hi i'm good nice to see you brian same here, same here. And, and if you could, could we go kind of into what we talked about, that, that last step there of there are some changes that, that, that may be occurring that buyers, especially first-time home buyers, probably need to know about. Sure. Um, uh, the first thing that's been new in the market is that the Fed has pulled back on their mortgage-backed securities. So typically they buy these monthly and they buy large amounts of them. And this is what artificially keeps the interest rates down recently uh, through COVID. So people still had affordable options to buy homes uh, through this whole pandemic. Um, but they are starting to pull back on those. And what that is going to do is we're going to start likely seeing rates increase. Um, they started pulling back on those securities uh, at the end of November. So we're going to start seeing those results. Not that someone can't still buy now and get a good rate, but we're just expecting rates to start moving up from now on. Um, and, and they're not going to be so artificially low as they have been recently. And that can have a that can have an impact, as you mentioned. It doesn't mean you can't buy a home, especially first time home buyers. But but maybe uh, if I, if I remember from the article, uh, if it goes up a half a point even or a point, that could be as much as ten percent difference. Yes, if it goes up by a half a point, their affordability on how much home they can buy will go down by five percent. So if it if their rate goes up by a full percent, then their affordability will then go down by 10%. So you'll be getting 10% less home um, than you would 
beforehand. So they'll still be able to buy, but they just may not be able to buy as much. That's why it still would be a good time to buy now before that happens. So you can get a little bit more home before rates start rising. And that's and, and that's really important. And it kind of gave some numbers to it. If you're if you're looking at maybe a typically one hundred fifty thousand or maybe two hundred thousand dollar home, uh, if and hopefully hopefully it won't happen. But unfortunately, if it does happen, and and, and again, there's signs that it could. That could be you know ten percent is is twenty thousand dollars you know difference. Yes, so. yes, and that's why it's very it'll be very important to keep checking in with your lender as rates rise to make sure you can still afford the original amount that you were pre-approved for. Right, right, right. That's, that's, that's great advice. Uh, the, the other part is kind of like I alluded to as far as the, the, the three-step process, a simple three-step process that you developed for, for your clients. And I think that's so, so important. And, and, and I'll just throw out there in the very beginning when I, I, I've been doing this for, for, for quite a long time as far as real estate. And buyers just you should know what you can afford mm -hmm. i mean that's just the starting point you know what is your affordability uh the second part when i'm working with buyers is is the confidence level if you have a pre-approval letter is is, is totally different than having nothing or even having a pre-call letter and, and and there is a difference and, you, and i'm sure you probably highlight that but but if you take the extra step, and I understand there might be some work involved with it, maybe 30, 45 minutes, maybe a little bit extra, depending on where you keep your information at. If it's on your phone or in your computer, it could probably be simple. Having said that, though, what I think is, 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 is so important, if you're sending a, the wrong letter, I just put it that way, with your offer, uh, I've seen it time and time again where sellers are not even looking at it. Your offer is dead on arrival. And we're just in a tight market right now. If there's any competition out there, um, you're just not going to even get a chance to even be able to get the home. Having said that, it doesn't mean that those buyers that did that did not eventually get a home and they're very, very happy. But again, that being shut down at the very beginning is, I think, is why is, is, is another reason why it's so crucial to, to, to talk with a lender, talk with a local lender, ideally, and, and, and get that information. So with that, Taylor... Uh, please add anything that you like and I'll give you the floor. Sure. Okay. So in the three simple steps that I have to get started on home ownership for first-time home buyers, the first step is to determine your budget. You'll need to take a hard look at your finances. Um, do you know your credit score at all? That's a very important thing to know kind of moving into it. And if you don't, obviously, you know, someone like myself can help you with that. But anything under a 580 is going to be immediately a no-go in most cases. Um, so you'll need to have like 600 and above is ideal um, for a credit score. Um, also, you'll need to know if you have enough saved for a down payment. Most programs for first-time home buyers start between requiring 3 and 3.5% down of the purchase price. So you'll need to have that saved up. Um, and then also another tip that I like to give people is that your house payment should not exceed 28% of your monthly income. So that's something that you'll want to, you know, kind of play around with and see what would fit best in your personal budget. I don't recommend going to your lender and just seeing how much you could get qualified for and, and max it out because that, that might not actually fit in your budget, you know, personally, it might look good on paper, but it might not actually fit your lifestyle. 
Uh, then step two would be building your team. You need to surround yourself with the right professionals that will make the process simpler for you. So you'll need to choose a mortgage banker who can help you through the process as a first time home buyer. Uh, as mortgage bankers, we help you determine how much you can afford and which loan program is right for you. And your mortgage banker will also help you get pre-approved for your loan so you can start shopping. Uh, then you'll need to choose a real estate agent that can assist you in finding the right house and to negotiate a fair price on that. And then the third simple step is just to get going. And in that, you'll need to get pre-approved by your mortgage banker. So that will require you to fill out a mortgage loan application, which doesn't take very long. I mean, it can take between 10 and 20 minutes, depending on your education level on, uh, you know, what you know about mortgages or loans at all. Um, and then after that, you'll need to provide some documentation for your mortgage banker. Uh, they'll ask you for some pay stubs, some bank statements, and likely some W-2s uh, to back up your employment and your income. And then you will be provided with a pre-approval letter. This document will qualify you to make an offer on a home. Um, and then you'll be able to work with your realtor in finding your home. Uh, so now that you're pre-approved, your agent will be more than happy to show you houses once you're pre-approved. Um, and then they can also help you negotiate that offer. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So there is some work to it. What I'm hearing you saying, there's some mm -hmm. time involved, uh, which again, this is kind of a, 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 a big deal. You're, you're buying for most people, their biggest assets. So, so having some upfront work involved is, is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. I guess my question is, is so, uh, so they put the information in, they get you the information, uh, and you'll be there to help them if they need anything, of course, and, you know, to guide them through the process. But once they have that in, what is a timeline that they can expect a pre-approval? Um, it depends on how quickly they can get me their documentation. Because um, like I said, the application process is fairly quick, um, between 10 and 20 minutes to get that part done. But it depends on how quickly they can get me those documents. I know sometimes it can be hard to get a hold of W-2s or past tax returns if those are required. Um, so sometimes it does take a little bit more work on their end. But if they can provide all of those things right up front, have their pay stubs, their last two months of bank statements and two years of W-2s, we can usually have a 24-hour turnaround on a pre-approval once we have all those documents in hand if there are no prior you know, complications. Awesome. Awesome. So, so the idea is 24 hours, worst case scenario, 48 hours, as long as they have the uh, documentation. So, 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 so if, if you're a buyer and it's, uh, it's Wednesday, you're still good. If you get the yep. information in, you get those things in, if you, if you're looking to buy that home this weekend or the next weekend or whenever, um, uh, you're in good shape then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something also, you mentioned 28% and those who aren't maybe numbers people, and I might fall in that category a little bit of, of, of your, 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 um, your salary. Is that gross salary? Is that, is that what you take home? I personally would do that as what you're taking home. So yeah. I would, yeah, I, I would do that off of your take home pay. Cause that's the actual dollar amount that you're getting. And that's me. You know, I like to be more comfortable. I don't like to, you know, get up to the ceiling of what I can and cannot afford. I like to say more, stay more in a safe zone. So me personally, I would probably stay at a quarter of my monthly income. Okay. But if somebody wanted to go further, of course you'd support them on that too. And yeah. Mm -hmm on their dream home and this is going to be for their, sure for their, sure especially if they had you know a small amount of other monthly liabilities if, if like if they have a paid off car and they're not making a car payment that really does make a, a big difference on how much house you'd like to get 
Awesome. Awesome. And then something else that you, you mentioned too, is you're there. Uh, and I know you pride yourself in it. And I think it's a great thing is, is even if they have some issues with the, the, the first step you're there, you can walk them through if need be, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. First time home buyers have lots of questions and I'm always here to answer any of those questions or ease their mind because it's a big purchase financially and emotionally for most people. So I like to be there for them and make sure they're up, up to speed on everything that you know is required or things that they need to, you know, maybe just take a deep breath and and these about things that aren't as big of a deal. So basically, you take the pro- you take the stress out of the process. Yes, if there is going to be any, and doesn't doesn't mean there always is, but right. there's a stress that you're there to support them too. And, and, yes, I do try to ease that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really important, especially as you mentioned, first time home buyers. But they're quite frankly, any buyers, because in most cases, they're they're, they're, they're the, you might as well call them first time home buyers if you haven't done the process for the last five, seven, ten, twenty years. Uh, things have changed, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just a natural situation there. Yes. If you haven't bought since the crash, it's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So the other part that that, that you mentioned that uh, I found interesting was, so, so having an idea of what, do you recommend that they go to these sites to get their their, their FICA score, meaning, meaning it's their credit score, or would it be best to, to actually contact you first so they can get it kind of from what you know, the horse's mouth, shall we say? I mean, you can really go either way. I have a lot of clients that are already on Credit Karma, although Credit Karma gives you an okay representation of maybe where your credit score is. It is a little different when we go to pull credit, typically, um, just because they use a different scoring system than we do for credit scores. So it's not always 100% accurate, but having a good idea is 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 definitely a positive for sure. Um, but if they, you know, if they don't, that's okay too. I can I can help them with that credit score as well. So you know, as, as I said before, you can take them wherever they're at, so that that, that they feel confident that you know wh- whatever they don't know or they perceive to, to know uh, is good. You know, one of the things that I've found with local lenders, especially uh, lenders like yourself, uh, the the biggest reason why I always support them. First off. Most local, local lenders, and I'm sure you do too, have very competitive rates with any what I call dot-com companies or online companies. That's number one. But number two, and, and I've said this for years, that there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that you take care of on the lending side to get everything to close and, and we're turning over the keys. And there can be some, some snafus, okay, especially mm-hmm. at the day of closing. And, and my, my personal situation is I have seen... When there's a person, when there's a uh, local lender involved, uh, that problem is taken care of in five or ten minutes. If there is a dot com or online company, uh, it can be hours. I mean, you're trying to get a hold of somebody in California or Denver or New York City or whatever, and just for that reason alone, uh, as I said, very competitive rates uh, of getting things done is, is why I'm always pushing for a local lender. Uh, maybe there's other things though that you see that maybe maybe I didn't uh, always pick up. Oh, yeah. Me personally, as a local lender, all of my clients have my cell phone number and they know that they can text me, you know, whenever they have questions or whenever they're feeling panicky or when they don't understand something. So I try to be there for my clients as much as possible. And you're not going to you're not going to get that with, you know, an online company. You're not going to have that 
you know, that lender's personal cell phone number, you know, you're not going to have that, you know, that quick contact with them, you know, it will take longer because, you know, they're working on a much larger scale instead of being local. And a lot of times, whoever's dealing with your loan, it tends to change from, from hand to hand instead of dealing with the same person consistently over the whole course of the loan. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I think the other component uh, that I would like to touch on is, is that once you, and, and this is why, you know, having that conversation with your, your lender is so, so important. so, so critical getting to know them, uh, feeling comfortable with them, having that bond of trust, you know, building up that rapport is, is, is so important. And, and I know you do that. Excellent. And, and what what I what I the reason why I bring this up is is that there have been a few times uh, where not often but where buyers have actually put an offer in, had a pre approval letter, and all of a sudden want to make a switch at the last minute, and that can be absolutely devastating to them. Uh, they want to go to a different lender. I can give you one experience. Just the other day, I heard about was. They, they, they thought they were getting a better deal, but when, the, when all the numbers came up, number one, they weren't getting a better deal. And at the end of the day, look, the seller, you know, you put yourself in the in position of a seller and the seller is sitting there going, wait a minute, do you have the money or do you not have the money? You know, why are you having to switch? In that particular situation, the seller just said, hey, no, we're going with somebody else. And the buyer wound up losing the deal. So, so again, now, getting that work up front, talking with your lender, I think you would agree, Taylor, is uh, it's what you do so well, is, is something that would be uh, very important. Would you agree? I, I would agree with that. And a lot of times if, uh, if someone's still shopping uh, a rate, you know, after they're pre-approved, I feel like that's something you need to do maybe beforehand, before you start shopping for homes. Uh, because if you already have a contract on a house, it, it gets a little dicey to try to switch lenders in the middle. It will definitely draw out the process much longer. You're probably not going to make your, well, you really won't make your initial closing date. You know, it'll, it'll push everything back longer. And if you are being enticed by a rate that seems exceptionally lower than the one that you were getting with your original lender, a lot of times that's because the other lender is charging you points, which is going to cost you a lot more in the long run. It looks like you're getting a better rate. You are getting a better rate, but they're charging you points that are going to the principal balance of your loan. Uh, so it's important to ask those questions too you know, say if this rate is so much lower than my other lender, are you charging me points? And then that's where they might find out that they are being charged points to get that lower rate. And so what you're really talking about is, is, is in, in, in the end of the day is this thousands and thousands of dollars that they could potentially be paying additionally. And, mm -hmm. and, and I know you mentioned about the, you know, the, the closing could be delayed, but I can tell you more times than not, uh, there, there's not going to be closing. The seller just says, no, we're not going to go that direction. We want, we want a solid buyer. And that's why you know, going that direction of having the conversation with the lender becomes that much critical. Uh, the, the, I guess maybe the other thing that, that, that you mentioned that I think is, is really important is uh, most people, I would think, have their documentation either on their phone uh, on their on their uh, iPad or, or possibly their desktop. Is, is that true? I guess sometimes there might be people, especially first-time home buyers, that maybe have their tax records at mom's house still. Mm -hmm. 
That, yes, that does happen. So uh, some people have everything right at their fingertips. You know, if they e-file their taxes, you know, all of those documents are usually really uh, accessible to them very quickly, uh, sometimes quicker than they realize. Uh, but if the taxes are still at mom and dad's house, you know, then they have to actually make a trip over there and start digging through actual paperwork. So it really does vary from person to person, but it, it is typically less overwhelming to complete than you feel like it is off the bat. And, and, and the one last thing I will say about the pre-approval process is, is once you have the pre-approval process, and correct me if I'm wrong, your work is basically done. All you're waiting for is the appraisal. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're the buyer, once you get the initial uh, information in, then 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 all you're waiting for is the appraisal, and your work is basically done. I know there's other things with insurance and things of that nature, but the right. lending process is is pretty well wrapped up. So that's that's also important. So there is maybe some work, it's simple work, it, it can be helped out very easily, but it's important that you have that information so you can make uh, the right decisions for you. Yes, yeah, through the closing process, you know, our underwriting team will ask you for additional documentation based on, you know, your specific situation. So there will be a little bit of more back and forth of, oh, hey, can you send us this? Or can you give us an explanation on that? Um, but it's, you know, it's nothing that that's too overwhelming, yeah. Right. That's awesome. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add as far as the lending process that, uh, from your expertise? Um, just in general? Mm -hmm. yes. um, well, I, I know that it, it does seem very overwhelming to begin with, and it is a process that most people aren't familiar with. You know, you might do this once two, maybe three times maximum in your whole life. So, uh, so it every time it, it can seem like something foreign all over again, especially as you know federal guidelines change. So it is very important to to go with someone and likely stick with someone uh, every time you go back to do another loan process because they are you know they're versed in this. This is not something that uh, is you know out of the ordinary for us as it is for you know the regular person because they they don't have to deal with this sometimes not even for 30 years they won't have to do it again uh, but it is important to you know pick somebody that you feel like is a good fit for you uh, because this is a, it's a huge transaction emotionally and financially so it's just as long as you find someone who you feel like is trustworthy and uh, that will that will do the work for you uh, in the way to benefit you best and I love what you said there is, is, is do the work for you because I see this and I know uh, maybe you can't say this, but I see too many times the lending side that, 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 that the buyers are out there on their own and they're doing half all the work. And I think that's critical. It's one of the things that we pride ourselves in the real estate side of doing the work for you so that you don't have to be worried about this or getting this done or that done. So I, so I love what you said about that. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you want to add? I, I think that's it. Um, I am going to have a PDF of these three steps available. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, you can email me at tjenkins at usa-mortgage.com. And I can email you a copy of the three steps that we talked about today about uh, the simple steps on getting on the road to home buying as a first time home buyer. Awesome. And we'll make sure we'll have that. Uh, we'll have a link down below on this too. So they can get a hold of you that way too. Great. Uh, Thank you so much for your time and the information that you gave to us uh, today, Taylor. We really, really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. And, and just on, a, on another note, if you are looking to buy in O'Fallon, in O'Fallon in particular, please, please, please give me a call, especially if you're first-time homebuyers. Uh, one of the things is there is homes out there, but you know, meet with someone like Taylor 
and get the process done because they don't last long. And you need to be able to, once you see them, make a decision. We're talking a day, possibly two days. So, so if you are some, you or someone you know is looking to buy an film, please have them reach out to me. I would love to help them. And until the next episode, make it a great day. Got a question about real estate around the St. Louis Metro East area? Call me, Brian Vogt, at 618-210-2451. Or for a free copy of my Amazon number one best-selling book, Ready, Set, Sold, visit my website, brianvogt.com. Thank you for tuning in. This is Brian Vogt. Until next time on Living the St. Louis Metro East Lifestyle.